Chapters one and two of the Barnabys in America. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Céline Major. The Barnabys in America. The final sequel to The Widow Barnaby by Francis Milton Trollope. Chapter one. Introductory. The affections of the human heart are various all equally genuine when nature is untampered with but infinitely modified as to their intensity the love of a parent for its offspring has been acknowledged on all hands to be one of the strongest and least uncertain of these affections partaking so largely of instinct as fairly to class it among the immutable laws of nature and though certainly shared by the beasts which perish yet felt to be venerable from the divinity of the origin whence the common well-spring rises there is a modification however of this parental love which is wholly free from and undegraded by any community either with the beasts of the field the fishes of the sea the reptiles which crawl upon the earth or the birds which fly towards the heavens there is a parental love so purely spiritual so wholly intellectual as to place it in sublimity far above any other affection of the human heart what may this be demand the uninitiated unhappy ones like a childless wife and a husband without an heir ye are unconscious of the fondest yearning that ever swelled a human breast but is there an author who does not at once secretly acknowledge his sympathy in the feeling thus described oh no not one yet elevated as is the nature of this intellectual love there may be many who are shy to confess it many strange to say who affect a total indifference nay almost oblivion concerning those offsprings of the brain for whom by every law human and divine they ought to feel the tenderest partiality let no such men be trusted it is doing them an injustice to believe that they can be sincere far otherwise is it with the progenitor of the widow barnaby i scruple not to confess that with all her faults and she has some i love her dearly i owe her many mirthful moments and the deeper pleasure still of believing that she has brought mirthful moments to others also honestly avowing this to be the case can any one wonder can any one blame me for feeling an affectionate longing at my heart to follow her upon the expedition upon which i sent her when we last parted an expedition too that was to lead her to a land which all the world knows i cherish in my memory with peculiar delight i will not believe it but trusting to the long-established and good-humoured toleration of those who descend to listen to my gossipings i will forthwith proceed to tell them all that has happened to this dear excellent lady since general hubert and mr stephenson left her in her grand drawing-room in curzon street surrounded by her family and friends chapter two domestic conversation public announcement of a private marriage indignation of the bride at a misnomer scenes in the seclusion of mr o'donagough's library parental thoughts on marriage i have enjoyed that patty and i won't deny it cried the ci-devant widow barnaby as the above-named gentleman quitted her drawing-room heaven knows i am not a spiteful person and i can forgive and forget as soon as anybody but it was absolutely beyond nature not to enjoy letting those two puffed-up top-sawyer fellows see that you had contrived to get married my dear while the way-faced miss elizabeth was still a poor pale thin ghost of a spinster as i may say for so she is dearest compared to you oh lord don't talk of her mamma the very thought of her makes me sick if it don't i'll be hanged 
replied madame espartero cristinino tornorino giving a little shudder and creeping still closer to her loving husband till her handsome face was half hid in his bosom oh my goodness for how much i wonder would i change places with her not for a trifle i have a notion my dear said her mother laughing heartily but i'd give just sixpence to see how my conceited niece agnes looks when she hears you are married i'd make an even bet that she won't believe it but will you lay me that she does not take it for a joke of that gay chap frederick stephenson no no she would if she could i don't doubt that mamma in the least replied the bride but it is not so easy to do as to wish i suppose she will have some wedding cake sent her won't she i'll take care of that my dear said miss louisa perkins nodding her head with a look of great intelligence your dear mamma has given me a little hint about that business already and of course your own noble relations will come first oh yes my darling creature exclaimed miss matilda with a stifled sigh we will all take care of that depend upon it and do oh do my dearest dearest patty let me have the tying up your name cards together it will be such a delight if dear mrs o'donagough will just give me a shilling or two for it i'll go out and buy the silver twist for them this very moment oh with another sigh it will be such a sweet office by the by that is well thought of matilda observed the fond and provident mother mercy on me patty now one comes to think of it what a whirl you have put us all in with this frolic of yours silver twist is the least of it matilda there must be favours just as if we had been all regularly at church together you know i am not going to let the wedding of my only daughter with a first-rate spanish nobleman pass over as if we were just common ordinary people who had never been to court or distinguished in any way of course you won't exclaimed both the miss perkinses in a breath and miss matilda confident in intimacy added i am sure you would be a fool if you did and then there is the sending it to the papers you know mamma said madame e c tornorino with energy i do beg that may not be forgotten mercy on me cried her mother to think that i should keep sitting here with such an awful deal of business to do it is all very natural that you two should like to keep together there billing and cooing like a pair of wood pigeons but it will never do for us my dear don tornorino will you just step down into your father-in-law's library and look for a pen and ink and a sheet of paper and then i will give you leave to whisper to patty till dinner-time if you like it the tall bridegroom rose from his place to obey her and using a little gentle violence to disengage his coat-collar from the fond grasp of his affectionate bride very respectfully pronounced the words yes ma'am and left the room isn't he beautiful mamma demanded the young wife as soon as he had disappeared he is ten thousand million times handsomer than jack ever was or ever will be isn't he he is a very fine man patty there is no doubt of it replied mrs o'donagough i always admired that style of man the whiskers and hair and all that you know i have always thought that it gave particularly the air of a gentleman i might indeed say of a nobleman exactly that cried miss matilda perkins mrs o'donagough always expresses herself so happily he is a fine man a stylish man patty that is exactly what he is and many and many's the girl that will look upon you with envy my dear take my word for that well i can't help it if they do matilda replied the well-pleased madame tornorino but i wish you would not send him away mamma why could not matilda or your own particular friend louisa have gone for the pen and ink i do think it is very hard to send one's husband away the very first day after one is married to him 
but who could guess patty that he would be staying so unaccountably long returned her mother lor bless my soul i could have made the paper by this time and i shall have altogether forgot what came into my head about what was to be sent to the newspaper haven't you got a scrap of paper either of you and a pencil the ready hand of the faithful louisa was in her pocket in an instant and from its varied stores she drew forth the lady's polite remembrancer for the year which contained a little pencil very neatly cut for writing will this do dear mrs o'donagough said she presenting it do lor no i shall break it in half a minute but however that don't much signify i must just write down a word or two to keep what i was thinking of in my head it was so exactly the right sort of thing give me some paper louisa paper oh dear me where can i find any i wonder do my dear darling miss patty tell me where i can find a bit of paper for good mamma on being thus addressed the newly married lady suddenly sprung from the sofa on which she had been seated and rushing across the room with a movement more resembling the spring of a powerful young panther than anything else seized the gentle louisa by the shoulders and shook her heartily i'll teach you to call me miss patty you nasty old maid you how dare you do any such thing don't you know that if i am miss patty still i am just no better than i ought to be and a pretty thing that is for you to say of your own best friend's only daughter aren't you ashamed of yourself aren't you then i am indeed my dearest mrs tourney oh dear me how shall i speak what i don't no more understand than if it was just so much greek you must please indeed you must just to write down for me your name exactly as you wish to have it spoken and you shall see that i will never do the same thing again no never as long as i live well then don't bother any more about it now but just get mamma some paper by dint of hunting in various drawers a sheet of paper was at length found upon which mrs o'donagough notwithstanding the fragility of her pencil contrived to scrawl the following paragraph by special license martha the only daughter and sole heiress of john william o'donagough esq to don espartero cristinino tornorino we are happy to learn from the most unquestionable authority that though a foreigner this distinguished nobleman is in every respect worthy of the enviable preference which has been given him by the most admired beauty of the present season the sensation produced by the appearance of this young lady at the last drawing-room will probably cause her immediate marriage to be a source of disappointment to many having after a good many revisals completed her composition mrs o'donagough read it aloud with all the dignity it deserved and then said what do you think of that ladies why it is first-rate beautiful mamma replied patty rubbing her hands only you know it is a downright lie as ever was told for me and my darling were married by bands we took care about that as to all the rest it is true enough for all i know to the contrary well dear and what does that little scratch of the pen signify whether it's true or not demanded her mother nobody will know anything about it and it sounds better doesn't it well there let it stand mamma it is not worth disputing about certainly married is married all the world over and what you say about him is all right and correct but where is he darling beauty i tell you what mrs o'donagough it won't do for you to be sending my husband about right and left mind that if you please and now you see papa's keeping him whether he will or no i won't bear it any longer that's what i won't so good-bye to you all and so saying madame tornorino darted out of the room oh heavens how that charming creature's affection touches me exclaimed miss matilda perkins how animated how beautiful is her conjugal tenderness ah 
who can witness it and not look with envy upon happiness so pure and so exalted she added almost inaudibly patty meanwhile made her way rapidly by a sort of sliding movement of her hand down the banisters rather than by the use of her feet a mode of descending the stairs to which she was greatly addicted when in good spirits to the door of the room dignified by the appellation of the library and throwing it open without ceremony found herself considerably to her surprise in the presence of two persons who were beyond all questions wrangling violently and unhappily for her new-born felicity poor little lady these persons were her father and her husband how dare you look so savagely cross at my darling tornorino papa she exclaimed with great indignation and at the same time throwing her arms round her husband who as well as her father was standing how dare you i say don't knit your brows at me papa for you know as well as i do that i don't care the hundredth part of a farthing for your frowns and that i didn't either before i was a married woman so i leave you to guess how much i care for them now but i won't have my dear darling played that i won't so mind what you are about old gentleman this is no time for playing the fool patty replied her father in a voice which despite all the courage of her native spirit strengthened as it now was by her matronly position made her quail did i serve you right hussy i should push you out of doors this instant with the beggarly fellow you have thought proper to choose for a husband why do you let him talk so don tornorino exclaimed poor patty bursting into tears you know it's all lies why do you let him go on so hold your tongue girl and hear me resumed her father in a tone that neither the bride nor bridegroom could listen to unmoved i have been asking this fine whiskered hero of yours a few questions and from his agreeable answers it appears perfectly evident that the coat upon his back constitutes by far the most valuable part of his possessions this being the case my young madam i will beg you to inform me how and where you intend to live i don't believe a word of it i don't sobbed patty trembling both with rage and fear he is a don he told me so himself i know he is a don aren't you a don my dear aren't you never mind you know talk miss patty say anything apropos de moi listen dutiful à votre bon papa replied her husband disengaging himself from her arms and placing himself behind a chair in order as it should seem to keep out of her way do you call me miss patty you traitor of a man screamed the unfortunate wife if my papa is the dear good papa he used to be he'll teach you to call your own lawful wife by such a name as that won't you dear pa won't you make him treat me like a married woman if the high-minded mr o'donagough did love anything in the world besides himself it certainly was his daughter and even at the present moment though harassed by a pretty considerable variety of disagreeable thoughts he could not see the showers of tears which fell from her bright eyes without enough of pity and tenderness to moderate the angry feelings with which he had just addressed her and to produce a tone of much greater gentleness as he said i am sorry for you my poor patty with all my heart and soul but it will do no good to mince the matter you have married yourself to a fellow without a sixpence and there are some fathers who would make little difficulty of easing themselves at once of all trouble concerning you by turning you both into the street together but i have not the heart to do it patty though god knows at this time the fewer burdens i have the better however your mother's income is settled upon her and in case of the worst may be worth keeping and so all things considered i am determined to treat you better than you deserve and take you along with me i have explained myself pretty fully to your husband and he has wit enough whatever other qualities he may want to understand how i shall expect he will behave himself 
so no more sobbing and crying patty we must one and all make the best of a very bad matter things might be worse i don't mean as to your marriage for i don't see exactly how that could be but i might have been found considerably worse prepared for the accident that has happened to me what do you mean papa demanded the astonished patty her eyes opened greatly beyond their usual ample dimensions her curls hastily pushed back and her head extended forwards to the utmost extent of her handsome throat what in heaven's name are you talking about if my tornorino is not really a don he is a monstrous liar and that he knows as well as i but i am ready to forget and forgive because he is such a darling and because it is as clear as light that he only said it for the sake of being the more sure of getting me and if you'll forgive and forget it too papa it will be very good-natured of you but what in the world has that to do with my going along with you going along where i should like to know i don't mean to go along anywhere and that's flat i mean to stay here and show off my wedding-ring and my wedding-clothes and my handsome husband to my aunt hubert and my cousins and that nasty brute of a beast jack that was and everybody else that i ever saw or knew in all my life before so please not to say anything more about going along for all the along i shall be going will just be driving along the streets in mamma's beautiful carriage to buy wedding-clothes the spirit of mr john william patrick allen o'donagough seldom failed him and to do him justice it must be avowed that he rarely permitted any emotion to be visible on his countenance which it was his wish to hide but as he listened to this speech from the animated patty he looked a less great a less philosophical man than usual for a moment he turned away his head to avoid her gaze and his complexion varied but this lasted not long a very short interval sufficed to restore him to his wonted happy hardihood and then he composedly turned to his son-in-law saying with very perfect self-possession get upstairs tornorino i want to speak to my daughter alone the don who did not appear to show in any large degree the firmness of nerve possessed by his distinguished father-in-law delayed not for the hundredth part of a second to obey him but instantly slipped out of the room despite the extended hand of his wife which seemed stretched out as if to clutch him and impede his departure sit down patty said mr o'donagough the puzzled patty obeyed her eyes still steadily fixed upon her mysterious parent i am sorry to tell you patty that your silly marriage is not the only nor perhaps the worst misfortune that has fallen upon us within the last twenty-four hours said he i wish you would not go on talking of my marriage in that way papa said the bride recovering her courage as her father's manner towards her softened i am the best judge i suppose whether my husband is the man i love and i tell you once for all that he is and if it turns out that he is not particularly rich because of his leaving most of his money behind in his own country what can that signify i should like to know when as mamma says i am your only sole heiress and you as rich as you are with your fine house and carriage and going to court and the lord knows what besides mr o'donagough knit his brows but presently relaxed the frown and sighed deeply that is just the point my poor dear child upon which i want to speak to you i have a very singular history to disclose patty which will explain only too well all that now appears mysterious to you said he having thus spoken he paused for a moment and fixed his eyes full upon her face with great solemnity but just as he seemed about to resume his discourse patty stopped him by saying pray papa will everybody go on calling me patty as you do i can't say i like it at all it's a monstrous disappointment to me why shouldn't i be called by my husband's name with mrs before it like other married women i do think it is very hard 
i will call you mrs tornorino my dear if you wish it replied her father with a smile which certainly notwithstanding his constitutional strength of mind gave him a good deal the air of a very foolish fond old man but you know darling that when parents have got a beautiful young married daughter like you they always continue to call them by their christian name that is as long as they continue young and beautiful do they oh i did not know that well then papa you may go on so if you please but i hope nobody else will for tornorino is certainly the very prettiest name i ever heard in my life don't you think it is papa my dear dear patty i dare say i shall think any name that belongs to you pretty but i have a great deal of business patty that must be done directly and i do beg you will listen to what i am going to say do now there's a good girl now i am sure you say that only to torment me papa and for no other reason in the whole world exclaimed patty with great vehemence you will never make me believe that let a married woman be as young as she will she ought to be called girl it is a downright insult and if tornorino has as much spirit as a rat he won't bear it that he won't mr o'donagough's fondness began to give way to anger and it was decidedly more a ban than a blessing which burst from his lips as he started out of his chair and striding towards his daughter placed his hands upon her shoulder shaking her with more energy than gentleness by the heaven above us patty i'm afraid you are a greater fool than i took you for if you were six instead of sixteen you might listen to me when i tell you that i want to speak on matters of the greatest possible importance but if you really are too silly to care for anything but your own nonsense i shall leave you to your fate and that may very likely lead to the turning you and your fine moustache into the street before you are many hours older these words were uttered with very considerable vehemence and before patty could sufficiently recover her wits to answer them her angry father had passed through the door and banged it together after him End of chapters one and two